biggest fraud ever that we know of in the world of startups. Hello, and welcome to the Miami Law Explainer, a new podcast from the University of Miami School of Law. At The Explainer, we take a deeper dive into the news of the day, unpacking Supreme Court cases and decisions, sussing out hot political and social issues, and discussing legal matters that are just too interesting to ignore. I'm Annette Uguez. Today, we're with Daniel Ravitcher, Miami Law's director of the Larry Hoffman Greenberg Torg Startup Practicum. Dan got his start on Wall Street during the dot-com boom representing startups with financing and exit and tech transactions. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Let's talk about the Theranos founder, Elizabeth Holmes case. First, tell our listeners who she is. Elizabeth Holmes started a startup company in Silicon Valley when she was at Stanford University and only 19 years old. The company was named Theranos, and their mission was to revolutionize blood testing. So instead of having to go into a laboratory and get a needle stuck into your arm while you're holding that little ball uh, with the plastic wrapped around your arm uh, and getting several vials, you could simply go into a Walgreens and have your finger pricked and get the same amount of data. And this was a promise that many expected would revolutionize not just blood testing, but also the medical industry because more people would get their blood tested more often and we'd be able to get more data about people's health and what they need as far as medication and other treatments go. So that was the company that she founded when she was only 19 years old. What do we need to know about Theranos? So Theranos, we now know, uh, was in essence the Bernie Madoff of startups. It is the biggest fraud ever that we know of in the world of startups. Because at the end of the day, despite all of their promises about what their technology could do, it didn't actually work. Now, that's not unusual. Many startups make promises about their technology and it ends up not working. But what happened in this case is they knew it didn't work and they kept lying to keep up the fraud. And that's why they were just recently indicted, uh, both Elizabeth and her co-founder, who was also her boyfriend, 20 years her elder, named Sonny Balwani. Uh, were both indicted in the Northern District of California for committing multiple acts of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Do you think these charges are going to ripple across Silicon Valley? And what's the lesson to other startups? Right. So I think this should send, hopefully, a strong signal to fraudsters out there that there are people uh, who will be monitoring their activities. Unfortunately, the cops here were too slow to catch them because they raised over $700 million in funding. They actually did roll out some of their product in the Walgreens stores. There are numerous cases of patients being defrauded and being given false blood results, doctors giving false blood results. So there was a substantial amount of harm here caused. Hopefully, we will have more vigilant policing of fraud in the startup community. It's difficult because the vast majority of startups do fail. And so you can't just say because a startup failed, ergo, it must have been fraud. So how do you distinguish those that fail for fraud from those that just failed because they tried? Well, that's what the job of good lawyers is supposed to be. A lawyer who represents investors is supposed to go in and do their due diligence on the company and make sure that everything the company is saying is actually true. So for example, here, the company had told its investors, for example, in 2014, that it would have $100 million in revenue, when in reality, it only had $100,000 in revenue. So they vastly overstated many of their technical and financial 
uh, capabilities and good lawyers should have. And in many cases, good lawyers did go in and identify this fraud. Just like many people knew that Bernie Madoff was a fraud and steered their customers away. And some even tried to report Bernie Madoff to the authorities and no one followed up. There were many people who were skeptical of Theranos and didn't believe in its tech or in its revenues. So many investors stayed away, but others did not. Um, one of the lessons hopefully we've learned here is that Elizabeth was always seen in a black turtleneck. And she was this young, blonde, Stanford student uh, who fit the epitome of what we'd imagine in the next Steve Jobs or the next Elon Musk or the next great startup founder taking advantage of people's um, preconceived notions about what it means to be a successful startup, as opposed to looking underneath and actually seeing, does the tech actually work? Are the finances actually there? So there has been a greater impetus on doing due diligence, and that's one of the things that we make sure here at Miami Law School that our students know, what is due diligence? How do you do due diligence? How do you protect your clients from losing their investment? Because many times when startups go belly up, the only people left around with any assets are the lawyers who helped get the deal done. And so clients may get mad at the lawyers and want to come after them. So the lawyers need to make sure they do a thorough job in, in checking, basically kicking the tires of these companies before they allow their clients to buy them. Isn't that the essence of all startups is the whole fake it till you make it in the world of Silicon Valley? There has uh, been a camp of people who believe in the fake it till you make it. Um, other people uh, get turned off by that. So there's a fine balance between being confident in your company and what you're going to be able to deliver uh, and being over-promising and under-delivering. So a great example right now is Elon Musk You know, with Tesla. He's made all these promises about how many electric cars he's going to be able to produce, and there's a large number of people who shorted his company because they believe there's no way that he can fulfill his promises. And then there are other disciples of Musk who believe completely that he's one of the greatest minds of our time, and he will be able to achieve this. So history will tell us, or in the, in, in the end of the day, we'll know who was right and who was wrong. Um, but th there is a... a striving now in the light of Theranos and some other startup frauds that have been um, exposed to not be so quick to rush to trust people, but to verify what they're actually saying is true is true. So would the feds charge just about every startup with wire fraud? Well, let's hope it doesn't get that aggressive or that it's that bad. Thankfully, there's a lot of self-policing in the industry, just like in Wall Street, like Yes, there's cops around, um, but there's something to be said about protecting yourself and your own clients. Um, generally, the, the, the Department of Justice and the SEC don't get involved until it's a case that's material enough, until it's large enough. And a lot of the fraud happens at the earliest stages of financing, where there's a few hundred thousand dollars or a few million dollars at stake. So we'll have to see if this will be a new initiative, but given all the other things that the Department of Justice has under its plate, whether it be immigration reform, drugs, gangs, foreign government collusion in elections, uh, it's hard to see how uh, rich people getting ripped off is going to be at the top of their list. Okay. Is there anything you think we've forgotten to ask about this case or we should know about? I think it's just a great story to know that there is fraud in the startup world and there have been 
new rules passed by the Obama administration, the Jobs Act, which allows for crowdfunding. And everyone thinks that when they invest in a startup, it's going to be the next Facebook and they're going to make a thousand times their money. Um, but the odds aren't in your favor. It's, it's a lot like gambling, if not worse. So don't invest in startups. Don't loan money to friends with startups unless you've actually hired someone to represent your interest in doing the due diligence on them. Thank you, Dan, for joining us. My pleasure. And that's all for this edition of The Explainer. Let us know what and whom you'd like to hear from here at Miami Law on future episodes. I'm Annette Uguez, and we will be back with you soon with another episode featuring legal news you can sink your ears into. Music